Hey, hey, welcome to Pretty Corrupt Podcast, your inside guide to celebrity scandals and the reality of reality TV. I'm Jordan Ross Myers, a man behind Twitter's notorious Don Gunvalson and Lee Rodswell, along with my co-hosts, Stacey Noel Connor and Nate Safer. This has been a week of wars. We are taking you inside the latest on the feud between Trailer Park Tory and Candy Spelling's fortune, LVP and Ken getting sued for a million dollars since the closing of Pump, Lizzo under fire for being 100% that bitch, allegedly, and, of course, a PCP insider's breakdown on the battle between Bethany Frankel and Bravo. Ahoy! Hello, I'm back. Hi, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thank you so much. I'm sipping my my spa water from the treatment center through a straw since my mouth has been wired shut, you know. Mm, it looks good. You know, once that once that settles, it's going to look good, I think. It's going to look great. Yeah. And they, and by wiring my jaw shut, too, I get to lose, like, you know, like, I don't know. It's better than Ozempic. It's old school Ozempic. <laughs> As in a say, you saved. You got a twofer with that. Yep. But I am, but I am into the spa water. Lately, I was like, oh, let's buy some cucumbers and lemons. And put oh, them in it, the yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that touch. Like, some nice hotels have that in the lobby. It's just it's like, like. Yeah, like, some people buy flowers for their home. I don't really, even though I do, I do like a flower every so often. But then I get sad when they die. But so this makes me feel kind of, like, fancy and fresh and, like, nature. But then you are the bouquet of flowers, exactly. and it is hydrating you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I stay hydrated sure, all the time sure. anyway. This also <laughs> helps you de-bloat, too. So and something else I picked up in the uh, fa- the recovery center. <clears throat> From your SAG strike, anti-SAG facelift. The SAG sh- <laughs> secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else fun going on this week? Oh, I met Ashley Darby from Real Housewives of Potomac. <laughs> Wait, what? Where? <laughs> at, the, at the Abbey in West oh. Hollywood on Friday night. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, so I she's was, in town. She was in town filming um, like celebrity squares. And so she was she was in town. And uh, it was funny because it was there with a group of coworkers. It was kind of like a mini rap party for the show that I just finished. And so mm-hmm. we all like got together. We actually first went to Tom Tom, which oh. was a place I said I would never go. But then I was like, I was, why are we going? We're all, we all live here. Like, why are we going to this place? But we're there. We had like one drink and then we left and we went to the Abbey and it was still like very early and kind of dead, but we're all just like hanging out there. But then our casting director, I think she like met, I th- she knows everybody. She's been working in the industry for a long time. So I guess she'd met Ashley before. Uh, next thing you know, like Ashley, her and Ashley are like coming over. And I was like, this is cool, but this is also weird. Like, I was like, I don't know. If this is like, mm-hmm. Do you really want to be hanging out with us? We're not, <laughs> we like help make the shows. We don't like associate with people from the shows per se. So <laughs> it was Did you get any? Way. You should have like lured her. Was she drunk? Okay, first of all, was she drunk? No, she was not drunk Damn at it. the moment. No. Oh my but- god! Wait, number two, if she wasn't, did she have like her signature Corona, or was she actually drinking something? She, she always has the bottled Corona. I know she usually mm. has Coronas. But she had some tequila, and we actually had to talk about not drinking, like 
being like sober and stuff like that. Um, she's gorgeous and she's very nice. Like mm. she was very nice. She didn't have an attitude. Like she seemed like genuinely interested to like talk to people and you know, stuff like that. So she was very nice. And, uh, and yeah, so, and she was there with her friend and uh, her gay BFF and like, and very nice. So that was that. And then mm-hmm. later on I left. Cause I was like, um, I gotta get up early in the morning. I'm a loser. <laughs> because you realized if she's there, that means Michael Darby was alone oh, and waiting. Ew. For you. Ew. Oh my God. That's so gross. That is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, now you've, that house husband is one of the most reviled house husbands out there. Like he's, he's up there with like Jim Marchese, you know what I mean? It's like, he's absolutely horrific. But then, then you've met his ex-wife now who's a doll. And like, you're kind of like, you want to like grab her and go, what the fuck were you thinking? What's going on there? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but and I realized later I should have asked her about the, the brawl that was caught on video since they just oh, like, yeah. finished filming. I should have asked her about that, but I totally forgot. That's also, I was like, eh. I like to be surprised by the season. So, <laughs> so yeah. I met, I met someone from Housewives this week, too. Mm-hmm. Do Ooh. tell everybody else, because we already know. The patron saint of this very podcast. If you guys ever wondered where Pretty Corrupt comes from, <laughs> uh, the corrupt part, I would say, the morally corrupt. I can't say that because I found her delightful. However, Camille would say the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. <laughs> the glue that holds pop culture together from OJ to Kardashian to Hilton to Kyle Richards. She is everyone, everywhere, everything. And mm-hmm. I met her. What? It was so excited. I was so excited. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, she, she played such a huge role in episode one of this podcast when we were making yeah. up the reality show based in the manor. And the whole running joke of the entire show was that Faye was going to be lost in the manor and she just pops up in random episodes because she doesn't know what where, what room she's in in the house. That was episode one of this podcast. I mean, we you really think- used to be a different show. Yes. <laughs> it's true. We used to talk about them more. And now we're like living with them. We're living with them. them. <laughs> living with them. You know, but yeah. so that was cool. She was really nice. She was... I was dazzled, but you know, I'm also a whore for this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So like I I could be so mean on Twitter. Then I meet you in person. I'm like, Oh my God, they're amazing. (laughs) They didn't throw a drink in my face. Like I've always thought they would. No, she was really nice. Basically (laughs) what the internet is for is to, you know, have our Jekyll and Hyde moments, as we all know from like user five, one, eight, seven, six, nine, five, 1624. Who controls us? <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think. Um, so that was cool. That felt like a a circle of life moment, or whatever <laughs> you call it, when the, the morally corrupt tweeter meets the morally corrupt. No, yeah. So that was cool. She's actually so fun fact. She's an ordained 
ordained for doing weddings, like an ordained reverend or something. So she can officiate weddings. And so I was trying to sell her on rebranding as RFR. <laughs> the the Reverend Faye Resnick. <laughs> I'd attend that church. <laughs> I'd go to that Sunday service. Absolutely. What, what is what is communion? Two bumps in a vodka tonic? Like <laughs> <laughs> what other fun things are there? I'm turning twenty one this week, so I thought I'd get that out of the way. That's right. It's my birthday. As we're oh as we're God, congratulations. As we're recording this, your birthday is tomorrow. But when people hear it, it your birthday will have been the day before. I'll be 21 in one day by the time you guys hear it. Oh, my gosh. You're such an old man. Such an old and man. Look at you. I was in preschool when The Simple ass. Life came out. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Faye in our first episode set in Spelling Manor, and I think it was, what did we have it as Candy's fan, our fantasy candy spelling holiday party or something? Mm-hmm. Or the grueling holiday mm-hmm. parties, Candy's right. versus Kathy's, yeah. and like Kathy finding her items back at Candy's home. <laughs> yeah. Soon we're going to yeah, be yeah, orchestrating that, that. The holidays are coming up. <laughs> but have you, have you seen, um, the new, like with Tor- now, it seems like Tori and Candy Spelling are back at war, like the yeah. old days. I mean, God bless them. I I think this is the mother daughter feud we didn't know we needed again. But yeah, yeah, I thought they were healing. I did too, but apparently they're not. Apparently, can't I? You know, Tori's I'm on living team in RV. Park right now with all of her kids and because of the black mold in the rental home that she has and mm. now and people were going after Candy saying why aren't you helping your daughter and then Candy's saying I bet I offered to help my daughter and she didn't take it and who knows which one is true but apparently Candy turned off the comments on Instagram because she was getting like people like like backlash so hard. I was like, Oh my gosh. I uh, like, we've talked about it on the pod before. And I, I think I'm taking Candy's side here and not just cause it seems to be the kind of people I admire. No, but, um, cause, cause uh, Candy's your next Mark. That's why my next BFF, but uh, no, well, yeah, but no, no, um, no, I really think Tori this is Tori's brand. Like her place in pop culture is to be the poorest little rich girl or the richest little poor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like she was at that motel, which we discuss. she had to have called the photographers for them to get her there. And then she has them outside targeted Woodland Hills, another place she had to call. And now an RV park. But I'm, I, I, I believe. Ventura County. Yeah. So I believe the narrative. I think it, it, Candy's always said she supports Tori. I think Tori, but t- saying her, you know, this is this is drama for Tori. It's on brand for her to be. Look at how poor I am, and look, my rich mom neglects me. Are are you saying those photos are staged <laughs> of her walking at the RV park in a robe, carrying her toiletries like a kid at summer camp? You think that's staged? No way. With like, you know, hair, makeup. It's totally normal for a paparazzi to, to 
be camped out, literally camped out in an RV park in Ventura County. Uh, and outside, yeah. a, they just keep saying a $100 a night motel. Has anybody actually ever looked what the motel was? I uh, never got the name of it, but um, it looked pretty like off the side of the freeway style, airport motel style. Like she was going, think about it, she was going for optics here. It wasn't like a Best Western. It wasn't like a Holiday Inn. I mean, she was like, make me look as like down and out as possible. Mm-hmm. Soon she's going to pop up. A photo- TMZ cameras just happen to be three miles off the strip in North Vegas where, where Tori has a lemonade stand outside a pawn shop. Like, I mean, this is like her spiral that she's going for right now to grab attention. I'll bet you she's trying to shop a new show. Oh, I think God. this is. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, and there's people are people close to her are still confused about what's going on with her and Dean because Dean's just kind of mm-hmm. disappeared. Like there are rumors he might be in rehab, but they don't. Nobody knows where he is. Nobody's seen him. So like that could be an extra storyline because they 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 make a lot of shit up. Like is Dean the new Shelly Miskovich? <laughs> oh, you think you think Candy got rid of him? Spellingology. Spellingology. I think. I think maybe he is locked up in a secret, a super secret gift wrapping room in Spelling Manor that even the new owners don't know about. And it's that's the gift return living. room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't believe anything that that they do. Remember, I mean, the, remember the whole che- that cheating scandal. I think it was like in 2013 that people, after the fact, were like, "Oh, they totally made that up. That wasn't even real." Like evidently, mm. uh, Dean uh, cheated on Tori with a woman named Emily Goodhand, which is what a great name for a for a mistress. Uh, the only thing would have been better is uh, Goodhead, uh, but um, like they found out after the fact that woman didn't exist. Nobody could find her. The press were like, "Who is this Emily Goodhand? She's not real." So they just make shit up. So she and Dean could yeah. still be together. That's this is so, true. Um, TMZ caught Candy leaving. I couldn't, it wasn't Rodeo, but it was one of the streets of J. I could spot the street. It was like probably Beverly Drive or something in the Beverly Hills shopping district. She was silent. She's getting into what looked like a chauffeured Maybach or something. And, you know, normally she answers the questions and she's like, oh, hi, I love my daughter. She had a handler with her, a publicist who just like, escorted her into the car, closed the door, and they took off. Like, uh, yeah. So. Wasn't wasn't Josh Flagg in the vi- that video too? Not this new one. This was this weekend. It was her oh, and her handler. Oh, oh okay. He, she was he, in the I other remember, one. The oh, other, okay, I remember he was in the another video. He was, yeah, yeah, like a week or two ago, and that's where, uh, you know, Candy was talking, but... I don't know. Well, he claims, Josh Flagg claims that he's been trying to find Toria House. He says that he sends her listings every day and she just ignores him. Whether mm. or not that's true, who knows? She she has. She's probably ignoring it because accepting her mother's help would change the storyline. She has a narrative, a victim narrative going here. And so she can't, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You know who else has fallen for? I don't. I don't know what to believe anymore with this. It's with uh, the Vanderpumps. So uh, pump rule. What happened? Pump the no pump the bar right, not the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they owe back the, rent. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Let's see. <sighs> of back rent. Yeah. So they're suing Ken Todd. Well, yeah, they're suing, Mm -hmm. they're suing Ken. Um, He's been hit with a almost $1 million lawsuit for breaching his rental contract. And he's also basically not get, the big thing is that's that he's holding on to the liquor license associated with that, address and so the new place the new renters going in there can't serve alcohol because he's holding on to the liquor license there so they're losing money everybody's losing money there Mm -hmm. because he won't hand over the liquor license because the liquor license goes with yeah at least with this thing goes with the property okay i didn't i didn't know that's how it transfers they say the liquor license and they said it has like a value basically of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. If yeah. you're going to put mm-hmm. a value on the liquor license, it is, which yeah. is so why that's why Ken's being sued license. for a million in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so the, they, the city of LA does not just like hand out liquor licenses willy nilly. Like it, they're very hard to come by. So they're basically they they go along with with the actual location and are grandfathered in. So he, so he's holding out, like he's, this isn't like a mix. Is he refusing to hand it over? Is this some kind of like spiking? Nobody's really, well, remember when before Pump closed, they lost their liquor license. It was suspended. Well, for not transferring it over. Yeah. yeah, Like, because wasn't that. You can suspend somebody's liquor license and it goes, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's all bureaucratic and everything like that. But like, if you're breaking the code, they don't give out liquor licenses very easily, but they're also not going to take it away because they're so hard to get. So they can suspend it and keep you from, from, you know, your business operating in that sense. So, and then until like either it change, until you fix it, you pay whatever, you know, you do whatever you need to do to, to get it reinstated or if you end up going bankrupt or leaving that place, then that liquor license gets transferred over to the new. It's my, my thinking is in my weird little scheming mind is because we know they owe back rent, right? They did. I mean, the pump closed, Mm -hmm. but technically they're still on the hook for whatever they didn't pay to the landlord. So I wonder if he's withholding the liquor license as a negotiation tactic. Because they owe, what, a few hundred thousand back rent that came out. I don't remember the exact amount, but basically like, we're going to hold up your business, your property, et cetera. We have this thing you need. Let's just call it a wash. Mm -hmm. Leave us alone about the old rent and we'll give you your liquor license back. That's my thinking. If he's playing hardball, because why else would he do that? It's kind of damaging to his right. They're supposed to be Mr. and Mrs. WeHo bars. Mm -hmm. It's kind of not a great look for them. They also evidently owe a $340,000 in insurance 
uh, like back insurance liability, something or other. So that's why they, it's more, it's more than just the back rent. That's why they're being sued for a million in total or 950,000 in total. Cause it's a number of things. One thing that did come out though, is they did say what the, the rent was when they first opened pump back in 2013, mm-hmm. I guess the rent was 42,000. And I'm not really mm-hmm. sure if that's a lot or a little, to be honest. Well, what is it, it seems now? Like that kind of real estate, forty, like fifty-six. I don't know, but she, yeah. she's there. I don't know if they're just doing it to save face, but she's claiming that it's just that the reason they're leaving is because the rent's gotten too high. So who knows what mm-hmm. it is now? But I mean, the fact that they haven't paid it in a very long time. I mean, forty, what, what, forty-two thousand sounds like a lot. Period. But at the same time, so and that was now, ten years ago. That's ten years ago. And so in the page six article, it says that basically the stalling, the, the holding of the liquor license has stalled the opening of a new eatery, costing the landlords approximately $56,500 of base rent and other charges per month. So. Okay, so that kind of reveals it's about, because I know when they were complaining, when they were saying, complaining as they were closing pump, they said the landlord wanted a million dollars a year or so in rent, which you could divide by whatever it is and that's right. i don't know what is that well, 60 well 56 500 times 12 is is six hundred seventy eight thousand dollars. and then so lvp that's not even that's not even three quarters of a million dollars and lvp it. and ken may have been exaggerating that number as their to save face as they're kind of mm-hmm. That's not to say that landlords are not going a little nuts lately and haven't been raising prices on, on, or raising rents on tenants. Absolutely. They're doing it residentially. They're doing it commercially here in Los Angeles. But, but I agree. I think probably Ken and Lisa were over-exaggerating to compensate for other failing businesses. There's a lot of ego going on in this. They're business people. They're public personalities. They're famous for being rich. So it's kind of like, and Lisa's not yeah. even named. She's not even being sued. It's just Ken. So I would, however, they have the business set up. She's not, she's not listed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they have these things in corporations. These bars are held in corporations. And I think Ken, cause I've not that I've kind of looked at some of their business structures and it is Ken, who's the officer, the listed officer, for some of these different or some of these different businesses of theirs. So it protects Lisa. I don't know. Interesting. You know who else is getting sued? Um, Who? That bitch? Wait, I think this is an episode of a lot of lawsuits. We have a lot of legal drama this week. It's that time of year. So I guess we should narrow it down. Mm -hmm. Liz... (laughs) I said, that, I said that bitch. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things that's like, it turns out she is 100% that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. According to the allegations us, uh. in the lawsuit. Yeah. So that, well, yeah, I she, mean. She's, she's being sued by three former backup dancers um, for mm-hmm. the, the things she's being sued of for are sexual harassment, false imprisonment, Interference with prospective economic advantage. I think that's because she's—they're not paying. She she was like stiffing them on payment. I think that might be the more technical term for not paying them. Oh, oh wait, I, I know what it is. It's something else. Yeah. And well, it's basically basically saying that 
keeping them on hold, but not allowing them to take jobs in between. Yeah. And not like saying a, like when they were coming back on and, but, and also then keeping them on hold for like a holiday or extended period of time and either not paying them or not paying them nearly as much as they were paying like musicians and backup singers and things like that. Yeah. It's like an opportunity cost. They were kind of holding, yeah, she was like, holding these people hostage. It's like a no compete from working. Yeah. 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 Even though they're independent contractors or, well, I don't know if they're technically employees or not, but um, I will say this real quick. I watched, granted, I had it, I was cleaning my place and I was, I had it on like one and a half times on YouTube, but Emily D. Baker, uh, she's a law nerd, like, well, she's a lawyer, but uh, she broke down, she, she read, she went like through the whole, um, affidavit and kind mm-hmm. of broke it down and also like so I, I recommend people listen to her and listen to that because it breaks down because she was very interested to know is like what's kind of sensationalized for uh for the media and what maybe has mm-hmm. more legs to stand on and so you know and she asked a lot of questions and stuff like that but she was like definitely the false imprisonment um and some of the hr issues she's like yes that she's like some other stuff. She's like, we need to know like ex- exactly what this happened and stuff. But wait, wait. So she's saying the false imprisonment charges are uh, are more legit, or they're more bogus than the others. They're more legit. Oh wow, that's 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 the fun part of this story, Jordan. I I was waiting for how long it would take for us to get to the banana bar portion, the banana show portion of the uh, the lawsuit. The uh, because I wanted, to, I just wanted Jordan to get really uncomfortable when we talk about sex shows in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and evidently, she she was making her dancers go to these sex shows with her in Amsterdam and making them participate. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, banana shows are something that th- there's actually a place there called Banana and Bar, which is known for their banana shows, which is and a that's live where they sex went. act involved. Yes, it's, um, it's a live sex act involving bananas. Oh wait, you mean it's an you go to a nutritionist and they're really into upping your levels of potassium. I understand. No need yes. to describe any further. Uh, well, no, actually <laughs> Yeah. Well, actually according to Lizzo, she referred to it as pustassium, which is actually way Oy better vey. for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she made she, she made these dancers go to the show and made them participate by eating bananas that were you know located somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there like was also a other things. Show. Yes, the legendary. Also, evidently, these these uh, ladies at this sex show also can launch dildos, which is that seems like amazing strength. Court, like you just who I can't even you have no idea. We'll do a sh- we'll do a sh- we'll do a show from the banana bar one of these days. One of these days. <laughs> one of these days. But yes, the dancers felt very uncomfortable because they were forced to be there. And this is what the, the recurring thing with all of these is the dancers felt like they could not say anything for fear of getting fired. So they went mm-hmm. along with everything. They 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 she treated she um she was body shaming because these dancer like you know Lizzo's whole thing was um obviously body positivity and things but like her whole you know she has that show the uh, watch out for the big girls that the her reality show which it's a it's a reality it actually won an Emmy for reality competition show 
And the winners of that basically become her backup dancers and they're women mm-hmm. of all sizes. Um, uh, cause that's Lizzo's thing. But like, she still was like body shaming these poor women. Like one of them had an eating disorder. Lizzo knew about it and was totally exploiting it, making her feel even worse. And then these dancers can't complain because they'll get fired. And, and a video even came out of one of them after all, after all these things happened in the lawsuit. One of the women, um, her name was Ariana Davis, was on camera for a documentary about Lizzo where she was on camera talking about how much she loves Lizzo. And that seems to be like what the basis Mm -hmm. of Lizzo's defense for this with uh, her lawyer, um, Marty Singer, Um, legal pitbull, Marty Singer, um, is that this (laughs) dancer was just saying how much she loved Lizzo, how she was the queen, how she wanted to be her, be just like her. And this was all after these things allegedly happened. But the the dancer even said, she's like, yeah, I said that on video. I didn't want to get fired. Like right. this is, you know, if, 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 if they, if they come out and say it, not only can they get fired, they can get totally blacklisted. Like from other, you know, other acts aren't going to hire these women if they got, yeah. you know, if Lizzo's like, no, don't ever hire them. So they're like, they have to go along with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I- torn on this. I, I wonder because like some of like that whole feeling of like, that you granted is in a workplace, so it's different. And this is also a civil suit, not a criminal suit. So, but like that feeling that you have to go along with something or else you'll be fired. They, that the people who do go along, they get, they get economic advantages. They get paid more, they get more opportunities, everything like that. But especially, especially in terms of like the show and also the, the dance captain who is like super Christian woman who, who like, proselytizes all the time and you know it's fine that she's christian but they're like you know she just says it all the time but then would be a hypocrite about it and then talk about sex and try to get davis who's a virgin to like talk all about sex and do sexy stuff and she's like wait a minute i thought you were like super christian here and like telling us Mm -hmm. what we shouldn't be doing and then you're telling me to do this i wonder if that falls under like there's a coercive control law here in california and mm-hmm. it's basically like, you know, you're interfering with people's free will and you don't have to be physically interfering with them. Just like false imprisonment, that's physically interfering with somebody's free will. So that's that. But I wonder if coercive control could become a part of this and if mm-hmm. that is can become a part of like the lexicon, not just in terms of domestic violence, but also but like um, honestly institutional violence that comes along with sometimes workplaces and things like that because it happens i think i think all three of us have experienced or seen that happen in a workplace setting where you're like and i mean like go against this and i mean like that's the thing too with because this is regarding like with lizzo it's the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and it's we're gonna we're gonna get into that soon but i mean just in this it is so social. It is so much about who you know, who likes you, who you're in favor with. So I understand their fear of speaking out in that regard. Well, I mean, it was, it's really all about reputation and networking in a lot of ways. And you just kind of like, you know, your boss isn't nine to five. You go on trips with them or you party with them. So it's lines can be easily blurred and it's hard to like, 
Um, no, I can understand why they felt intimidated. Like, you don't want to get off this train. What are you going to do? Fly back, coach? She brought you to Amsterdam on a jet. You know what I mean? Like, you're living... Also, it's your only opportunity that maybe you've ever had, especially as a larger woman and a woman of color, mm-hmm. like, dancer. Like, there's not... I don't, I'm not a dancer, I'm not in that world, but I can only imagine how few opportunities that there are. So you feel indebted to this person. You feel Mm -hmm. so lucky. You're made to feel so grateful for this. And there's a line out the door of girls who would rather be here. The the crimes are nowhere near similar. So I'm not trying to compare them in any way, but it's the same reason you saw how nobody came out about Bill Cosby and Weinstein at the time because they didn't want their careers destroyed. And yeah. the mm-hmm. women, then, then it, all it takes is one or two because one, then the floodgates open. Like with Cosby, you know, it became one, two, became five, became 10, became 40. And then you have strength in numbers. But that first person is the one who's risking everything. And again, these crimes are nowhere near the same. But in terms of putting your, your whole career on the line, it, it's, you know, your life can be ruined. Yeah. Um, and with these dancers who she found off shows, like you said, they don't have a lot of, op- they haven't had a lot of opportunities. This is their big break. So there's a lot of pressure to just go with it because you never know what other, what other top performers looking to scoop someone up like that, the same way Lizzo will feature them and mm-hmm. um, platform them. So and it was the 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 three three women were part of the lawsuit. Um, two of them were fired, uh, evident allegedly for cause. One was a, accused of drinking on the job, like drinking on the job. The other one was accused of her skill not being up to par. She was the one that was body shamed with, and had the eating disorder. And then the third one that's part of this lawsuit resigned out of solidarity with the other two. She actually wasn't fired, but she saw this happening and resigned and joined mm-hmm. the lawsuit. But on top of that. There are other people coming out that are not part of lawsuits. So they don't really stand to gain much financially. They're coming out saying, oh, no, this happened. Like there are four women mm. specifically. One was a, a, another backup dancer. One was her former creative director. So somebody who like, you know, knew what was going on. And the, the Quinn Wilson's her name, the former creative director. She said, I haven't been part of that world in three years. And there's a reason for it. And then two women who were working on the documentary, there's a, the, the documentary they're making about Lizzo. One of them was the director of the documentary and she quit after two weeks. Um, yeah. Cause she, she said, Lizzo was so arrogant, self-centered and unkind. I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And then an, uh, another filmmaker like corroborated with that saying, yeah, working with Lizzo was an absolute nightmare. So like these four women are totally supporting the three in the lawsuit, but they are not part of lawsuits. So there's no reason for them to lie. I have I no reason the, to. I think the one involved in the documentary who walked away from it, I think she described her as a narcissistic bully. Mm-hmm. I saw there, a quote about that. I saw I saw this and then it went viral on TikTok. This uh, woman, Brooklyn something. Um, I'm sure most people have seen it. If you can't, you'll be able to see, find it very quickly. She told the story about how basically Lizzo stole her boyfriend of 10 years and they were working together. Basically this girl's boyfriend, this woman's boyfriend and Lizzo were hired to co-host this MTV show called Wonderland. And from day one, Lizzo never liked 
this this woman, Brooklyn, and like was just always rude to her. And then her boyfriend would kind of gaslight her about it. No, 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 it's fine. You know, don't worry about it. But always, always so rude to her. And then eventually she found out that they were having an affair and and that he was cheating on her with it. And so, and he left her for 10 years, a 10 year relationship and left this woman not and you know and and she honestly is so diplomatic about it i can't even she's like way nicer than i think i would be because mm-hmm. she's, she's i think uh i can't remember it. somebody's probably yelling at it i think she's maybe like four years out of it or something now um and but she she was like it was really hard she blames it a little bit more on him but because she's like why couldn't he just break up with me and then, you know, if he was into her that much, just break up with me and like go to her, you know, because finding out all of this was just terrible. But in the in the meantime, she's held her tongue. She's never said anything about this like publicly or to anybody because, you know, of all the good stuff that Lizzo does do and, you know, in body positivity and, and you know, and, and everything, but that she's had to endure watching Lizzo's fame rise, hearing her music, not just on the radio, but in commercials and in movies and just being bombarded by this woman who was so mean to her and stole something. I'm using the word stole, but you know, well, there's grief that goes along with it. When a 10 year relationship, you know, ends abruptly because of infidelity, there's grief and there's a grieving process. And when somebody else is a part of that, you know, it's tough. And so I was like, oh my God, girl. But yeah, it's gone viral. And other people have been responding to it too with their Lizzo's. I mean, the Lizzo stories are just like crawling out of the woodwork. Like, yeah, insane. it starts, it starts with these women and then it, it, it you know, it, it just snowballs. The, the biggest indictment so far of her behavior of this whole lawsuit is what Beyonce did, which people yes. aren't really sure if Beyonce, what she was doing, if she was truly shading her. So um, totally a few was. days. Beyonce knows oh, she what she's doing. Yeah. Beyonce's a, few days. a genius mm-hmm. and everything she does is uh, deliberate, calculated. She's, She's meticulous. Well, well She's she did a Virgo. Beyonce, Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. She she did two things. So like uh, it, within a few days after this lawsuit came out last week, she uh, as part of the Renaissance, you know, her tour, she performed um, "Break My Soul," the Qu- Queen remix of "Break My Soul," and in that in that song, she name checks all these other female entertainers, like like tra- groundbreaking trailblazers, and Lizzo's one of the names. Lizzo, Lizzo and Erica Badu are two of the names that she, I think she puts in order. And at mm. this particular show, after this came to light, she left out Lizzo's name. And it was noticeable mm. to the, like, because you know, those, those stands, they know, like same thing with Swifties. If Taylor switches one lyric, they know. Mm-hmm. So when Lizzo's name was not, in, she, in fact, Beyonce said Erica Badu twice instead of saying Lizzo's name. And people are like, whoa. That is shade, and that is shade that will get everybody's attention. But then, but Beyonce never said anything about it. And then the show over the weekend, another show she did, she put to, she put Lizzo's name back in. So people really aren't sure what to make of it. But it did seem like shade at the time. Mm-hmm. It was. You, you don't don't cross the queen. Say. Don't cross the queen. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> enough. Change one word, and people are just all over it. Speaking of narcissistic, tyrannic, <laughs> tyrannical, t- 
toxic, abusive. I can't say enough about that sweet Bethany also, Frankel. Also, <laughs> very, also very into body positivity, famously. Very into body positivity. Yes. Those two could actually uh, be skinny girl and I don't know the proper phrase. Chunky? Uh, well, no. I mean, Lizzo refers to herself as big girl, but the big, okay, girl, big girl is three. It's three R's. It's G R R R L S. Big girls. So big. skinny girl and big girls. Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually. That. Oh my god. That should be like a cop show. I'd watch that. <laughs> these two could. These two could have their own. Like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, this this one's really taking off apparently. With uh, so Bethany, she's the one who decided to be the voice. Of housewives unionizing against Bravo and NBC, not just housewives, but you know, that's the bulk, but reality stars in general. And um, now she's claiming that I think 80 people in the reality industry have signed on to her movement to fight mm-hmm. Bravo. Well, it, it's interesting because people are like, oh, this lawsuit. And it's, it's actually just a letter that they sent. Mm-hmm to uh, NBC Universal slash Bravo, just asking them basically to save evidence of what we're accusing you guys of doing. It's <laughs> so like a it's, cease and desist, essentially. Because she loves a cease and desist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Bethany's famous for sending cease and desist. Let's She's watch her mailboxes this week. <laughs> yeah, but I know. <laughs> She's famous for skinny girl, mention it all, and cease and desists. <laughs> You know? Mention it all, then don't mention anything, please, yep. by legal threat. <laughs> no, but um, so she, yeah, so obviously I have very split opinions on this. Mm-hmm. I would like to know first who, she didn't disclose who these people are. She said there are a lot of housewives. Um, and then also a bunch of people behind the scenes and for production below the line, etc. It's not 80 housewives or 80. But um I have a feeling she hasn't said who. No one's truly spoken out and said, I signed her letter. I stand with her. They all have their own agendas. Like we had Rena claiming she's in a boycott BravoCon. But I have a feeling a lot of them are obviously ex-housewives who maybe their time, like Bethany, has clearly come to an end with Bravo. Because you're not going to have top current housewives rocking the boat on their gig. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, there is a strong movement for below-the-line reality TV um, crew members, including like in casting like myself, to unionize. Um, that's been growing over the last few years for sure. And because of the SAG-AFTRA um, and WGA strike, definitely. Um, so that's true. You know, what happens with, you know, in front of the camera, quote unquote, above the line, reality TV stars, I have no idea. You know, it's like, and, and that's kind of the thing is that like, she knows that she doesn't have any idea, but she wants to be. I, I don't. I don't know. I well, don't know. It gets me hot and bothered. Not. I stand with the union people, mm-hmm. and no, like I think I said last week, I was like, it's great the idea to unionize reality and stuff. It's horrible to have Bethany be the face of it. It's yes. This is. This she's is, the wrong person. Yeah. This is classic. Agree with the message. Hate the messenger. 
It's like when, remember when Rose McGowan hijacked Me Too and she put herself yes. in charge? And everybody's like, why the fuck is Rose McGowan putting herself in charge? It's, this is what Bethany's yeah. doing. Yeah, you have Bethany centering her, you have Bethany centering herself in this movement. And she doesn't, time and time again, she doesn't want to help people. If any, this is all about putting herself out there as, like she says, she should be the leader because she's, the most successful, wonderful, smartest, power, most powerful housewife, whatever. You know, it's all about building up her own ego. And even on the show, like she's always done, she closes the door behind. She mm-hmm. doesn't want people having the same opportunities as her. Mm-hmm. She gets upset if another housewife brands or does well. She puts other people's businesses down. Like I hate to quote Ramona Singer, Bethany does not support other women. <laughs> I want to say that with the clap. Bethany does not support other women. But so there's, I wouldn't sign on to a movement led by Bethany because in the end, it's not going to benefit anybody but Bethany. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's what people in the reality TV world are saying too, like mm -hmm. below the line reality TV. We're like, exactly that. Love the message, hate the messenger. She's not to be trusted. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we know where Bethany is coming from with this because it's not to improve Bravo. The only reason she's going after Bravo is because the door is closed on her. Mm-hmm. Bravo, our Real Housewives of New York, has moved on. Um, for years, she had an open invitation back to Bravo, and it gave her a sense of power. Like mm-hmm. she was rejecting them, and they would come begging. That's her version of it. You know, she was like, but Andy called me every six hours begging me to save his network. Like, that's how she talks. And obviously, that that chapter has closed. Bravo's moving in a new direction, and her being kind of like a narcissistic narcissistic ex if bravo has moved on if she can't have them no one else can so she's gonna lash out and punish bravo look at you diving into the narcissism world with that one i learned it from stacy she taught me all about narcissism I mean, in a sense, like she's trying to like Hoover them back up, like, mm-hmm. look what I can do. Also, like, if I think about it, you know, she was on a slew of NBC Universal shows, too. The only one that wasn't was like, I mean, her talk show was syndicated. So, I'm, you know, I don't know exactly who that was under. And then she did, you know, some stints on like Shark Tank, but um, Money Court was CNBC. The the apprentice Martha Stewart that was NBC like and she had that HBO Max one that mm-hmm. tanked yep and then and then you know what three Bravo shows Bethany mm-hmm. getting married Bethany ever after and then the Bethany and Frederick show yeah yeah those were yeah, yeah. so I mean she really like I think she realizes reality like if she can't be the center of reality anymore, she's going to try to destroy it. So, and I don't think she's thinking that consciously. Do you think? I I don't think it's a conscious thing for her. I think it's just more right. like a. I think I think these are her primal. instincts. Yeah, but I don't think she sees herself. She lacks self awareness. So when she's on these TikToks saying, "I am the biggest," star, what she she did explain a little bit like you know she was bravo's darling she had all the it was like these tiktoks she comes off horribly in them 
and she doesn't see it. She thinks she's building herself up and it makes it's cringeworthy. And, but then, so by her spelling it all out, first she thought she was being humble by saying, I'm Bravo's, I was Bravo's darling. I witnessed this and this, and here's why I'm here to help you. All she's doing is listing off how great she is. And then giving zero direction, except she wants to crush Bravo. Because think about it, past tense, she was Bravo's darling. She doesn't really have a place in reality TV anymore. Mm-hmm. She's out there floating from TikTok to YouTube to mukbang to Walgreens blush reviews. She can't hold down a show without Housewives. Ah, oh, that felt good to say. <laughs> <laughs> Exercise demons, Jordan. <laughs> come on, brother Jordan, give us some more. <laughs> Proselytize some I, more. <laughs> I wonder what, uh, how much, like, I don't think we really even said what exactly they're suing for, like the things they're accusing Bravo NBC of doing. Oh. Um, which, like, like, just quickly, like, one is um, they're accusing NBC Bravo of deliberate attempts to manufacture mental instability by plying cast members with alcohol while depriving them of food and sleep, mm-hmm. also denying mental health treatment to cast members, displaying obvious and alarming signs of mental deterioration, covering up acts of sexual uh, violence, which we've heard a little bit about fairly recently, um, mm-hmm. refusing to allow cast members the freedoms to leave their shows, even under dire circumstances, which is what Bethany was ranting about last week, um, mm-hmm. exploiting minors for uncompensated and sometimes long-term appearances on MT- NBC reality TV shows. That's one I've heard. Well, then the last one that got a lot of people's attention was distributing and or condoning the distribution of non-consensual pornography. So evidently there's some sort of revenge porn Revenge. Something or other that people are like, oh, was this gonna come out? Because what is that? What they threw that one in? What is that? I can't and, think and the, of an example of that one. No, but yeah. So I wonder. Well, I wonder how far along this goes because M- for their part, NBC Universal Bravo haven't exactly denied those things. They're just they're blame, placing the blame on the production companies. Like a lot of these yeah. reality shows, most of these reality shows, most shows in general, like even though they're NBC Bravo. They're done by a third-party production house. Like um, Top right. Chef is Ma- Magical Elves. Vanderpump Rules is Evolution Media. Like, And so NBC Bravo is saying, these things might have happened, but it's their fault, not ours. We just air it. Like I'm um, having with some insight into some more recent shows. See, in that list, I did pick up some of the issues she brought up are real. Again, I'm mm-hmm. saying... She's just not the one who should be the messenger, but like the one with plying them with alcohol and HR issues, things like that. A lot of that was brought to light with the last Morocco, the girls trip with um, um, Caroline Manzo and Brandy. And those are issues that have been discussed in public in page six and on their social media. They bring you on to get you drunk. They tell you get, they supply the alcohol and they tell you get drunk, have fun, make this camera worthy. And now they have more formal HR practices. So you cross a line. I don't know if anybody remembers the show from like mm, probably eight ish years ago. It's called Unreal. And it basically was like mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. behind the scenes of a bachelor type of show. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was. It was wasn't great. That, it wasn't ran that for Sherry several Appleby? seasons. Yep. Yep. Um, 
And I would say if you can find it somewhere, if like Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Prime haven't taken it off for forever so that nobody can ever watch it ever again, if you can watch it, it really is very accurate. And I think that was actually some of the first inklings for the rest of the public as to what actually goes on. Mm -hmm. And I think people at first were like, oh, well, this is just dramatized. Um, It is, but it's not. Because the truth is always stranger than fiction. And and some of the stuff that they are accusing does happen. It doesn't necessarily happen at every reality TV show. Right. And it doesn't necessarily happen pervasively today. Like what was happening back in 2009 is different than what's happening in, you know, yeah. 2023. Because it has grown and it has evolved. But there's one, actually, kind of going back to Lizzo, there's a woman who was talking about her auditioning part for for um big girls and so and all the stuff that she had submitted and she was basically she was cast on the show and she was given the agreement and so and then she went through with her family members who were lawyers and she redlined some stuff and came back and they were like no you can't redline that because it's either you sign it the way it is or you're out because literally like we got a bunch of people we've got other people we can have to take mm-hmm. your place. And that's 100% true. I mean, I've even had that conversation with people. I'm like, this is what the contract is. You can take it or leave it. And and I hate telling people that, but I can't do it, even as a cast member, like I can't do anything about it. I can't go yeah. up against you know, Fox or Universal or or Warner Brothers or anybody like that and say, this, this person for a reality television show that you're going to maybe pay $5,000 for the entire time wants to redline a contract to make sure that you don't own them for the rest of their lives. And they're going to, yeah, we don't care. There are hundreds, hundreds of other people right behind, which is what makes unionizing reality so hard because it's based on revolving casts of replaceable people. And you can always, you won't like want to take a stand. Uh-huh. Fine. There are 10 other people who will do it for half as much as you. And they're twice as desperate. I mean, it's why like, you can't just walk in off the street and join SAG. You can't mm-hmm. just walk in off the street and join the WGA. You can't just like join IOTC. You can't just join the Teamsters. Like you can't just do that. There are certain requirements that you have to meet. So they would have to figure out what kind of requirements that Mm -hmm. these reality TV show people would have to meet. Like, is this only for, you know, multi-season main cast members of shows? Well, then that gets rid of a whole bunch of shows out there because like The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. then that's just a one season unless you end up being The Bachelor or Bachelorette the next season. But for Housewives, that's, that's one. But like Big Brother, that's just one season. You know, it it just all depends and how they're going to use you and stuff like that. I think they just need to start getting more amenable to, uh, you know, uh, participants' rights. And I I think it will force something, whatever whatever happens with this, I'm interested to see reality TV in this industry more defined. Mm-hmm. in that because it will force them to define a friend of, I mean, you know, the terms we think of as housewives, a friend of, main cast, recurring. There are all these tiers and they do mean different things contractually, but everything just gets kind of lumped together. Mm-hmm. And so it will, there is, there's very little structure. Oh, yeah. In reality it changes, TV. It changes show to show. It changes production company to production company, network to network. It mm-hmm. doesn't, like, there's no consistency across the board. Mm-hmm. No I will say one thing with, with Bethany where she said in her accusation 
you know, they ply them with alcohol and stuff. I do know in very recent years, I can't go back years, but in very recent years, certain production companies who handle certain Bravo shows, mm-hmm. like, you know, like you were saying, Nate, um, production companies handle like Top Chef, like Warner Brothers handles some of the girls trips and stuff. They do, they have adopted more formal HR practices, which is hence things like, um, Morocco, Caroline, and Brandy. I mean, production stopped immediately and it became an issue. So they do have their, they do have more, they have things like sexual um, harassment training before filming things. So it is moving towards a more proper workplace. But reality TV is like the wild west of entertainment. It's the last frontier. So, Bethany, you also really brought out the big gunch with uh, Mark Garagos, the, uh, mm. the the poor man's Marty, poor man's Marty Singer. Yeah. That's probably all she could afford. But uh, if, if you're not familiar with Mark Garagos, um, some of his famous clients have been uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Winona Ryder for her shoplifting trial, Chris Brown, and Scott Peterson. So he, this man has no qualms about who he's defending, or I guess not in this case, not defending. He's the plaintiff. But still, he doesn't care as long as the check clears. And I assume, yeah. I assume Bethany's checks will clear. Who can say? Or yeah, or she's doing yeah. a trade for. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to try to be the bigger person here since I'm turning 21 at midnight. I'm growing <laughs> up, and I'm not going to compare her to any of her former clients, including Scott Peterson, because I'm a wonder I'm growing. And this is, I hope this gets aggregated and it's somehow just edited together with you saying, is Bethany as bad as Scott Peterson? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Oh God, that's really bad. I should take that one back. You know, I'm, I hope Adam makes that the promo. Please, <laughs> let's do this. Let's make this. Let's make this go viral so that we've got a whole great like Bethany's Scott Peterson <laughs> promo. Yes, <laughs> make it happen. And on that note, if you didn't think we were pretty corrupt before, you will think we're pretty corrupt now. Ordained by this episode has been brought to you by the Reverend. The Reverend, the morally blessed Feyret. No. Um, <laughs> so make sure to uh, rate, subscribe, follow, and review. Look at that growth. Rate, subscribe, follow, and review. Pretty Corrupt Podcast. Leave uh, amazing reviews and ratings and share with your friends, drug dealers, sobriety lawyers. coaches, lawyers, um, plaintiffs, defendants. Faye Resnick, if you can find her in the house, wherever she is. Yeah. Um, Your fellow fellow, uh, SAG after WGA strike line members, if you're listening to this on the strike lines. Yeah. Um, And your... Dean, wherever he is. Yeah, share with Mm. Dean. I don't know if he has Wi-Fi. We don't know if Tori has Wi-Fi anymore. It depends on Candy. But (laughs) also... (laughs) Um, if you do have Wi-Fi, which I'm sure you do, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pretty Corrupt Podcast, at Twitter on Pretty Corrupt One. Also, we're on Threads uh, with our Instagram, and of course, on all those accounts, you can find our personal ones for all three of us and our various um, personalities and um, 
disorders. Y'all can, y'all can see how my lower facelift is healing. Yeah, it's really yeah. coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, who wants to say bye? Aloha. Like we do it.